Hey, well, welcome everybody. Thank you for tuning in right now. And uh, I wanted to take a moment uh, before we begin our gathering online together. Uh, we are going to open God's word. We're going to worship here in a moment. We're going to take communion. So just a heads up, maybe you want to get some juice and some crackers for that moment. That'll come up here a little while. Uh, but I just invited dad, and if you don't know him, this is my dad, George Ross. Uh, he's been the lead pastor here for 18 years. Then a couple years ago, we transitioned. Now he's our teaching pastor. Uh, and in this moment of time, uh, everybody's mind is just kind of spinning. And I thought the best way that we could kind of start our gathering is by just pausing for a moment, reflecting uh, on really what is going on and remembering what God would have us to do in this time. And uh, I know, Dad, you have pastored through the, our whole 9-11 situation that we went through as a country. You pastored through uh, the 2008 financial crisis. Uh, you were alive during JFK's assassination. You were alive during Martin Luther King Jr.'s assassination. You have seen our nation go through some serious turmoil. Just briefly, as we begin our time of worship today, what do we need to reflect on? What do we need to remember in this moment right now? I think it's really important, Nathan, to be able to take time together to reflect and just a quick word at Northside, it's great to, to see you. We can't look forward, we look forward to, can't wait to the next time to see you up close and personal. But reflecting, all of us are doing that a lot now. We're taking a moment and just saying, God, what, what all is going on? And as, as Nathan said, I've got quite a few years on me. I was telling him the other day, I remember back when I was five and we're getting the polio vaccine. We had to drive to another town, uh, another elementary school, all line up and take just a little oral vaccine out of a little cup. And I remember asking, what's this all about? And mom and dad just saying, I, we got to do it. We got to do it. It's really important. And we look at, at what's going on now and we stop and think our, our world has changed so much. Everybody's has. And I think the things that hit us so much right now, it, it's one thing for there to be a moment of health being threatened. Uh, and we certainly feel that not only for ourselves but for everyone. It's another thing to have the wealth be threatened. And you look at the news and see the stock market and, and you realize what's happening there. So we're getting hit from every angle on that. So where do we look to for something solid and stable and we can trust? And all throughout the Word of God, there's always this call don't be afraid, but trust me, listen to me, that God always gives to his people. And in uh, 2 Chronicles, it's a verse kind of tucked away. You really don't hear that one too much, but to me, it capsulizes the essence of what our response ought to be. Uh, in uh, 2 Chronicles ch chapter 20, verse 12, I believe, it simply says, Oh, our God, won't you stop them? We're powerless against this army that's about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. See, even the Old Testament, God's people, when they didn't know what to do, when they looked at the news and looked at the enemies surrounding them, and they realized that we have no place to look except up to you. It doesn't mean that we uh, turn our head away from all the facts and the figures and procedures, and we want to respect all those things but it defines our moment of hope of who we trust and who we believe in. Our focus is on the Lord God and his son Jesus. And this becomes this wonderful opportunity for us to do that together and help invite other people to keep our eyes on him in these very troubled times. 
So let's do this right now. We're going to pray. We're going to turn our eyes on him, whether you're with your family in your home, maybe you're by yourself, maybe you're in the car. I don't know where you are tuning in right now. Uh, if you are driving, keep your eyes open, all right, while we pray. Uh, but let's just take a moment. We're going to fix our eyes on Jesus right now as we begin our time together. Father, every day and almost every moment as we check the news in the morning and then we check it again at lunch, then we check it again at nighttime, it seems like it was three different days. And uh, Father, there's a fear to that and the root of it really is because right now there's a sense that we can't control the world around us. And yet, God, in your mercy and in your love and in your compassion, when there was all chaos and all sin breaking loose, you sent your son Jesus into this broken, chaotic world to restore the brokenhearted, to bring us back together into right relationship with you and ourselves and with one another. And so right now, Jesus, we just pause to say our eyes are on you, our hearts are fixed on you. Whatever we've gone through this week, Jesus, we bring it to your feet. And we ask in this moment, Father, even for people who are tuning in right now who might not trust you, who might not be a follower of you, Father, I wanna invite them to just feel your love and presence and hope right now. And so Jesus, we lift your name high. You are our healer, you are our provision and you are the way forward in this time of trouble. So God, our hearts are set on you. Through your word, would you speak to us? Holy Spirit, we are listening to what you wanna say. So have your way, have your way, Holy Spirit. May in this time that we gather together, may we be changed to be more like Jesus in this moment. And it's by your name and your power and your grace that we pray all this, Jesus. And all of us said in our homes and in our cars together, amen. Let's worship together. Sing to our refuge, our strength, our loving Father who hears our calls, hears our prayers. So we need no other hiding place. We need no other hiding place. Our hope is safe within your name. This we know. This we know. This we know. You promise never to forsake. What you begin, you will sustain. This we know. This we know. Sweet. 
enough to say Rise, your shackles are no more For Jesus Christ has broken every
thank you for your presence, for the peace that you give us through your spirit. We ask you to move in us and through us, have your way in our hearts. It's in Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen. Northside. My name is Sam. I'm one of the pastors here. And as you can see, we are not at the Northside campus. We are actually at our Midtown Commons and downtown New Albany, where we are serving the members of our community through our food pantry. And our team has done an amazing job transitioning our food pantry from one where people come in to a drive-through style so that we can make sure we are serving families both safely and efficiently. And I just wanna take a minute to thank you guys for your generosity because this would not be possible without your giving. We have been blown away by the way that you guys have been faithful and generous during this time when we know that takes a lot of strength, faith, and courage. And so I just wanna say thank you, thank you, thank you for your continued generosity and following God's call during this time. And since you guys are already online, let me remind you that you can give at mynorside.com give, or you can text mynorside to 77977. Or if you want to stop by the office this week, you can drop off a check during the week. And I wanted to make you guys aware of something we launched just this week. While we know it's important for us to gather together as a church, we recognize that the church isn't just what happens on the weekends, and we have some amazing opportunities where we can be the body. If you go to mynorthside.com, you'll see a pop-up come up on the screen. You can click learn more and you'll see three buttons on the next page. The first one is about important updates of what's going on just here at Northside. The second one says, I need help. And the third one says, I want to help. If you're in an age category where you're more at risk for the virus or you have health issues that put you in that category, we want to help. If you click the button that says, I need help, you can see a bunch of ways that we can help you, including helping you set up online grocery orders or even making a grocery run for you if you can't leave your home and more. And maybe you wanna be one of those volunteers. If you click on the button that says, I want to help, you can see not only a list of things that will be useful for us to collect for our food pantry, but you can be one of those people to help do those runs for people in need and help be the hands and feet of Jesus. And if you need prayer today, we can't pray with you in person, but we just launched a new tool this week where you can fill out a digital prayer card, which will be posted to our prayer wall and other people can lift up your prayer requests at mynorthside.com prayer. Well, today we are gonna be continuing in our series, Kingdom Come, as we talk about the next part of the Lord's Prayer. So glad you guys could virtually be with us.
Well, hey, Northside family, so good to see you today. And normally I'd have you right now welcome everybody in the video venue, but you are the video venue today. And so I just want to say thank you for taking time to join in with this. And I'm excited that, you know, if you haven't been following along, maybe this is your first time to tune in online with us. Welcome. We are glad that you are here. My name is Nate, one of the pastors. And uh, we've been walking through this series called Kingdom Come, and it's talking about how Jesus gives us the Lord's Prayer. And a couple of weeks ago, we talked about pausing and why prayer is one of the most important things we can do because we pause to lift up who God is, to set our, our, our hearts and our minds on Him. And last weekend, we talked about rejoicing, where Jesus says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I just got to take a moment to say, Northside family, I have loved watching you be the church in your everyday life over the last week. To see you begin to create Zoom groups where your small groups are meeting online together. To see some of you have been dropping off food to our hospitals, to thank the nurses, to thank the doctors. Uh, just to watch the incredible way that parents, you are pastoring your kids in this moment to say, no, God's word is going to be important. I love watching you be the church. And uh, I know this is a little bit different where we don't get to be together in the same room. Matter of fact, we only have about 10 of our staff. We don't want to violate any codes, but we got about 10 of our staff in here today. And we are going to be opening God's word because right now what we find is this. Jesus goes on to say this in Matthew chapter 6. As he continues in the Lord's Prayer, he says, this is what's important to do. Is now it's important to ask your father for the things that you really need in your life. And, and this is what Matthew chapter 6 says when he says that. Is he says this, give us today our daily bread. He, he says, it's okay to ask God, hey God, would you give us our daily bread? Would you forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors? And would you lead us not into temptation, but deliver us... From the evil one. And the reason why this is so perfect for us right now is this. There is no better time to pray than right now. Matter of fact, for some of you, you have never had more time to pray in your life than right now. You've always talked about how busy life is and you're going, right now is your time to pray. For some of you, you have never had so little time to pray. Some of you doctors and nurses, you're pulling 19, 20-hour days. You are constant in everything that is going on. And this is why Jesus invites us to pray to God. Hey, would you give us our daily bread? Because he's going, you pray about the essentials in life. I'll be honest, I've never prayed for toilet paper before in my life. I have this week. God, would you make some appear? We've looked at Dollar General. We looked over here. We looked here. And I'm going, never prayed for that before, but we are. For some of you parents with school being out, you have never prayed for so much patience in your life. For some of us parents, we are beginning to respect the teachers a whole lot more for what they put up with. Uh, for some of you extroverts have been praying this week, God, get me out of here. All right, you are stuck in your house. And the other introverts in your house are saying, yes, Lord, get them out of here, please. And this is the deal. All of us in this time, we need prayer. We need prayer, but a lot of times we don't know how to pray, especially when we found ourselves right now without a rhythm in life. Uh, I'll be honest, I feel kind of like I'm living in a movie right now. Everything is off. Matter of fact, on our calendar at the top of it for March, I wrote up there this month, March Madness, because I love this basketball season. And I looked at the calendar today and my wife changed the word for madness and she put an S there and now it reads March Sadness. Basketball's gone. There's nothing to watch. There's no live sports. 
There's no spring break trips. Our mission trip had to be canceled and rescheduled to the fall. For some of you, your basketball career ended this month. There's things going on in our life. We have lost all of our rhythms. Some of you in your business, you CEOs, you department heads are having hard conversations right now. And there is no better time or thing for us to do than to pray, especially to ask God for very specific things. Matter of fact, if you want to know why Jesus says this, when he says, hey, give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive those who have debts against us and lead us not into temptation. And here's why he prayed this. Jesus said, I want you to pray specifically, and here's why, so that you can know God personally. You may want to write that down. If you're taking notes, I want to encourage you to take notes because God's going to speak some stuff to you. And this is why we pray. This is why we pray, God, would you give us today our daily bread? A very specific prayer because he's going, what happens is this. You get to know God personally. Did did you see the, the, the ask that Jesus calls us to make? Lord, give us, forgive us, lead us, deliver us. There are some very specific asks that we need to make in life right now of God. Matter of fact, this is why Paul says this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 7. He picks up on this theme. And listen how he kind of piggybacks on what Jesus says here in Matthew chapter 6. Listen to what he says in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. Here he is sitting in jail, and this is what he writes to the church in Philippi. This is what he says. He says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything. By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then listen what happens. The God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. See, the reason why Jesus says you and I need to spend time praying very specific prayers is because we get to know God in a very personal way. This is a time for us to grow in our relationship with God through our time of prayer. That we're getting to say, God, we are listening to you. We are stepping in. And here's the beautiful thing about prayer. You know, here's what happens when you and I take time to pray. You know what we get? Some of us are going, we get bread. Nate, I get it. We ask for it. No, no, no. It's not just that we get bread. Here's what we get when we pray. You know what we get? We get God. Man, when you and I take time to pray, here's the beautiful thing. We get the creator of the world in our lives. See, this is why Jesus was inviting us to bring our deepest desires and needs to him. Matter of fact, one of the things that my wife has taught me to do the most is to pray. You would think, no, Nate, you're the pastor. You should probably be teaching your wife to pray. And then, no, no, no. She has taught me how to pray. And you know where she's taught me to pray the most in my life? Over the weather. Very early on in our marriage, she would pray for the weather. She would know I have some outing or I was going to go golf or something was going to happen. And I said, oh, man, 80% chance of rain. She goes, let's pray about it. I'm like, babe, it's going to rain. We don't need to pray about it. It's going to rain. She said, just pray about it. And over time, we would pray about those things. And sometimes the weather would change. Sometimes they wouldn't. And finally, about a year or two in our marriage, I, asked, I just asked my wife, I said, why do you pray about the weather? And this is what she said. She said, because when it changes, I find myself being even more grateful to God for his gift that day. Ruthie, you should be the pastor, not me. And here's what happens. Now I start praying about things all the time. As a matter of fact, what's 
what she's taught me is this. There's nothing too small because what she has led me to and to understand is this. The more specific I am in my prayer, the more personal I get with God. Because when it begins to happen in my life and I begin to experience these things, I am quick to remember, no, God, this was your gift. Matter of fact, in that book that we've recommended you to pick up, How to Pray, A Simple Guide for Normal People, he said a line in there that I had to write down. I circled, I highlighted. It's on page 119. And it, it really convicted me in my prayer life. And listen what the quote says. It says, by downgrading our expectations in prayer, we attempt to protect ourselves from the heartache of dashed hopes. See, sometimes you and I don't pray about things because we feel like if we don't pray about it and it doesn't happen, I don't have to be sad about it. But the reality is we're still sad about it. And God is saying, I'm wanting you to pray and to bring everything to me. Here's my problem in understanding the Lord's Prayer when he said, give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts and lead us not into temptation. What I thought was it was just about bread. And what we're going to find today is this, when we pray, we don't just get bread, we get God. And so I want to unpack what happens when we begin to pray these prayers that Jesus calls us to because we find and experience a different side of God when we pray. And here's what happens when he says, give us today our daily bread. You know what he's saying? Here's what you get when you pray that with God. You get God as our provider. See, it's not just about bread. It's about God being our provision. It's about God meeting our needs. What I didn't realize is this, you know, for a lot of us, we don't get even paid weekly. We get paid bi-weekly. Some of you, you get paid monthly, maybe quarterly or bi-yearly. And here's what happens. When you worked, you got paid that day. And what Jesus was saying is this. He wanted you and I to be praying and reminding ourselves daily, God, would you be my provider today? I think that's why we're so much in a little bit of fear right now is because maybe unintentionally or intentionally, you and I have been the creator of our own wealth. Meaning this, when right now, when we can't create our own wealth, we find ourselves undone. See, this is why Jesus says, you and I are to pray, give us today our daily bread. And what he's saying is this, it's not just about bread. Some of you are on the keto diet, you're like, I don't even do bread, right? We're not, we're not talking about just physical bread. What we're talking about is this, that your heart and our heart would find and experience a heavenly father who is providing for us every day. That's saying, heavenly father, I'm going to accept what you have for me today, that you are my provision Now, here's the deal. Sometimes he provides our daily bread and there's no Nutella, all right? I love how Pete says that in that prayer book. Sometimes it literally is just bread that God provides for us today. And we need to grow in this reality that we have a God who provides for us every day. Because this is what's happening. We're finding that life is hard and we worry about a lot of things. And Jesus says, no, I want you to pray this. God, would you give us today our daily bread? God, would you today be my provision? I'm not going to worry about tomorrow. You've got tomorrow. I'm just going to pray about today. I love what Mark Twain said. He had this famous quote. He said, I've had a lot of worries in my life, most of which never happened. Meaning this, you and I will spend our life mostly worrying about things that never even happened. But we worry 
See, this is why Jesus says, man, pray, God, would you give us today our daily bread? God, it's a reminder, you are our provision. You are the one providing. And when you look at the scripture, when you look at the total story of scripture, we find at the very beginning, God was providing for Adam and Eve in the garden. And even when they sinned, it was God who provided for them. And not only was it just God who provided for them, it was God who provided manna in the desert for the Israelites. And when they started complaining, God, we want more than this, it was God who provided quail for them. Ultimately, we get the bread of life in Jesus when he sends his son and he provides for us all that we need. And here's why this is important. Matter of fact, I just talked to someone today who their daughter was supposed to graduate from Purdue this year. And because of the coronavirus, graduation has now been canceled at Purdue and she won't get a walk across the stage. We found out this week, for you Floyd Central fans, you had been waiting 31 years in the making to win a sectional title. You finally won and now you don't get to play in the tournament. Silver Creek, you were looking to repeat as state champs. and We'll never know what's could have been or what could have happened. I remember my last year of playing Little League. I got to play Little League for 10 years growing up, started when I was five, finished when I was about 14 or 15. I was out in Las Vegas and uh, literally the last game of my Little League career, uh, somehow the team we were playing asked one of our players how many innings our pitcher had pitched in that game. And it's the all-star game. We're just going, it doesn't matter. And we said, yeah, he pitched last game. Well, that player told his coach they told the umpires, the umpires called the head of Little League in Williamsport. Literally, here we are about 8 o'clock at night playing our last game. And Williamsport said, that's a violation. That team had just qualified and they made us leave the field in my last game. The middle of the game, we got ejected. Now, some of you are like, well, yeah, that's what happens when you play Little League in Las Vegas. Y'all are a bunch of cheaters out there. And, I, and that's not what I'm saying. But my dream to finish a career was over. In a second. And what Jesus says in this moment that we find our dreams being shattered and everything we have been working for taken away from us, he said, this is why we pray. God, would you give us today our daily bread? God, would you be my provider today? Because I may not get to see and experience all that I dream of. And it's there in the midst of our heartache that we find God holding us together. See, this is why prayer is so important. Matter of fact, David in Psalm chapter 54, verse 4, when he was hiding out because King Saul wanted to kill him, he writes these words, go read Psalm 54, man, it is a heartfelt prayer of going, man, I'm afraid of what's going on. And he just simply writes these words. Listen to what he says in Psalm 54, verse 4. He says, surely God is my help. The Lord is the one who sustains me. His plans aren't coming together. His life is on the line. He is in hiding and he just simply says, Lord, you are my help and you're gonna sustain me because you are my provider. God, you are the one leading me through. This is why I love watching how you guys have been so generous online, helping other people out, helping down at our food pantry, doing all these other things because you truly believe that God is your provider. That you may not know what this week holds at work, but you're going, God, you're my provider. And I'm going to step in and I'm going to be obedient. And I'm going to keep following you and I'm going to keep being the church. I'm going to do everything that you've called me to do, God. And this is why it's so important because when we believe God is provider, it moves us into the next prayer that Jesus prayed. 
Father, would you forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors? Now, here's the deal with that prayer. You and I have to come to a place of asking God for forgiveness. And that's humbling, isn't it? Man, to actually have to stop and pause and tell somebody you're wrong. Matter of fact, we're way more quick to blame than we are to accept blame. But Jesus says, Here was, here's what we need to pray. God, would you forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors? And here's what we find when we pray this prayer. When we pray this prayer, here's what we find. We find that God is our pardon. See, this is the beauty that we need in this moment. For some of us, you feel so trapped. Maybe right now, this whole social isolation thing that's going on, the scariest thing about it isn't that you're removed from people. The scariest thing about this kind of isolation right now is that you are alone with your thoughts. And everything that Satan is doing right now is he is replaying all of your failures. He's reminding you of all of your incompetencies. He's bringing back all of those things. You've lost kind of your crew, your people that you run with. You're a physical life group. You can't meet with them right now or it's just a few of you. And here's what's happening right now. He's wanting to feast. And Jesus says, when you pray this prayer, Father, would you forgive our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors? What happens is this. God begins to do an unbelievable work of freeing us from our sins. And can I just be honest with you? We know we're afraid right now through the whole coronavirus thing. We don't know what next week, tomorrow holds, next month, school's canceled, you know, through April. We're going, oh boy, here we go. What's next? Here's all this other stuff. Can I just put this out here for you to begin to pray about? I believe that actually right now, through this season, this might be the deepest spiritual work that God may ever do in your life. I truly believe it, that right now you have more time to focus on him than you ever have, that God might want to be dealing with some deeper things in your life that you have never dealt with because it's work, 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 ball, 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 kids, 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 here, 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 there, 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 and God's going, all of that's away. Your TV, there's nothing to watch. It's just you and me. And can I just encourage you, this might be the spiritual revolution in your life that you have been praying for for years, and it's going to happen in a time of a global-wide virus. Would you be open to that? Because God is saying, when you begin to pray these prayers, when you begin to say, God, would you forgive me? God, would you begin to open my life? This is what I love what Karl Barth, the theologian, says. He says this. He says, to clasp the hands in prayer is the beginning of an uprising against the disorder of the world. That when you and I begin to clasp our hands in prayer in this season, we begin an uprising against the disorder, against the chaos, against the sin that you and I carry, against the sin that has been done to us. And in this season, one of the greatest things God is saying is this, I want you to pray. I want you to begin to allow God to set you free from the sin that you carry. And the sin that's been done to you, here's how you let that sin go, is that you start by being forgiven. See, this is why God says it's so important to pray this. You and I can't let other people off the hook until we realize God has let us off the hook through the cross. That God has come to set us free through Jesus. That his work moves us forward. And then this is what he says. And so lead us not into temptation... But deliver us from the evil one. Here's what we need to remind ourselves of. And the third thing that God is pointing us to is this. God 
is our protector in this time. When Jesus says for you and I to pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us. What we're saying is this, God, I can't hold it together. I'm going to need you to hold me together. Matter of fact, this is why 1 Corinthians chapter 10 talks about this. Because you and I are going to face temptation. And probably during this time of isolation, all of us are going to face different temptations than what we normally do. I can guarantee you this, Satan is going to try different ways to tempt you. This is why Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13. He says, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. Temptation is common. All of us deal with this. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. See, this is what it means when you and I pray, God, would you lead us not into temptation? We're not praying, God, don't take us down the wrong road. God can't tempt you. James says that God will not tempt you. Only Satan does. What he's saying is this, God, would you help me? Would you deliver me? Would you guide me? What we're saying is this, when we pray this, God, would you protect me from myself? God, would you protect me from my mind? I remember when I was five years old, my sister was two years older than me, and we would always, you know, just yell back and forth. It was kind of that relationship that you might have with a sibling. You know, you can call your sister names, just nobody else can call her names. And uh, for however that makes sense, that's how we believed. And I remember there was one day I was five years old, and I was riding my bike down the road, and I still had training wheels. I know I was a little bit, all right, delayed on my bike riding skills. And I remember riding my bike, still had my training wheels on, and uh, these two older kids drove by, and they just made fun of me. They go, that kid's got no guts. I'm five years old. I remember this. My sister is about seven, and she just yelled. They're probably 12 or 13. She just yells off at them, you ain't got no guts. I'm like, we're about ready to scrap here in Danville, Illinois. You know, I'm five years old. And it was in that moment I went, wait, Rachel, I didn't. I didn't even think you liked me, and yet you were willing to protect me. And I got to be honest, in this moment, some of us, we believe that God doesn't even like us. And yet in this moment, what you'll hear, and when you pray this prayer, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, what you will only hear is this. I am your protector, and I am the God who is with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Yeah, but God, what's going to happen tomorrow? I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. See, the beauty of this prayer is we find the fullness of this prayer in the cross. In the cross, you find everything that was in this prayer that Jesus calls us, invites us to pray. That we find Jesus calling us to say, God, you are my provider. That at the cross, what we find is this, Jesus being our pardon from our sins. And when we are pardoned from our sins and we are set free, we now have the freedom to begin to set others free. Let me be honest with you. In the last month, God has begun to help me set someone free in my own life that I've held a grudge with for over 10 years. 
And it doesn't mean I'm not going to keep needing God's help, but here's what I know. The more I remember that I need God's forgiveness, the more I can remember that I can set that person free because I have been set free. And at the cross, what we find is this, our heavenly father being our protector. I'm sending my son to save you. I'm sending my son to redeem you question I have for us today is simply this. Out of this prayer, who do you need God to be for you today? Who do you need him to be for you today? Maybe you need him to be your provider. We're getting phone calls, people getting laid off already, praying, walking with heartache. And we're going, today, God, I need you to be my provider. Maybe for some of you, you're going, no, in this time, I need him to be my pardon. I'm realizing I need him to set me free. Or you're realizing he is your protector. He is gonna lead you forward. Who is it that you need him to be today? Here in a moment, we're gonna take the bread and the juice. Hopefully you've got some already. It doesn't need to be perfect. Communion's not about being perfect. Communion is about remembering what Christ has done for us, remembering about how he holds all things together and he will move us forward. But I wanna do something real quick. I know we're online. I know we got a bunch of people tuning in. I just wanna do something real quick before we take communion, because some of you are going, man, why do you take communion? Why, why, why do you do this every week? We do this every week because of what Christ has done for us. And here's what I wanna encourage you just in this moment. I know this might feel a little bit weird, but I, I just wanna encourage you. If you have never put your trust, if you have never put your faith in Jesus, I wanna give you a moment to do that right now before we take communion. You know, typically when we baptize somebody, what we say is this, we say, here's the confession of faith. I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God, and I accept him as my savior and my Lord. And I just wanna give you this moment. We are in a world of chaos and God is saying, I have come into your chaos to save you. I am your personal God. I am here specifically for you to move you out of your sin and from darkness to light. That's what Jesus says, that we have gone from death to life. And I wanna give you just this moment right now. If you've never taken that step, this is all you need to do is just simply repeat this after me. I'm no televangelist, all right? This is just between you and your heavenly father. But this is what you can pray to him right now. Just simply repeat this where you are. I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. And I accept him as my Lord and Savior. Right now, here's what's happening, man. When you pray that, the peace of God overflows and overwhelms our life. And it guards our hearts and it guards our minds in Christ Jesus. And we live by the Holy Spirit, not by ourselves. And so right now, especially if you made that decision today, one, we want to follow up with you. We want to talk about setting up a time of baptism but right now, let's take this time, this bread and the juice, and declare what Christ has done for us on the cross, that he 
is the bread of life. And he provides all that we need. Let's take communion together right now. I'll come back and lead us. want to do something a little bit different today. We know with joining online, we don't want this just to be a monologue. We want this to be as much of a dialogue as possible. And uh, what I'm going to do here in a moment is I'm going to put a couple questions up, just two things on the screen. And here's what I want you to do just for the next couple minutes. Maybe you're with your family, maybe with your life group, you got some friends, even if you're by yourself. We just, we don't want you just to take this in and then go on your way. We want you to begin to pray to talk with God with what's going on in this time. It is the most important thing we could do right now. And so right now, I wanna encourage you just to begin to look and to process these two questions, spend some time praying together and experience the power of your heavenly Father being all that you need. God bless you guys. We'll be in contact this week with you. And hopefully in the near few weeks, we will be back together face to face. God bless you all. Take time to process this right now together.